0: episode we're going to be covering the season one Babylon 5 episode the Quality of Mercy the penultimate episode of Babylon 5 season one in fact next week we're going to be covering the final episode of season one and that's going to be exciting but this week we have the Quality of Mercy which is a pretty good episode within its own right um it has roughly three plots going on it's got an A, B, and a C plot and one is sort of the comedy plot um and one is uh, is a lot of setup and then one is a very dark plot that actually has set up not with these characters but with uh, in within another storyline that will be going on later on and so some, some interesting facts about this world um they each complement each other in a, in their own unique way it's all about helping others um and making a little bits of sacrifice in order to help others but the three plots, there's definitely a bit of, I, I think the, the easiest, the strongest, the one that I have the most fun watching is the Londo and Lanier part. But that's just because it's so funny. Um, I think if I had to dissect what is the, the strongest plot, um, it, it, it would ultimately be the, uh, because it gets the most focus, it's the A plot, it's the, the entire dealing with the alien machine and Laura and Franklin and all that. It's a very interesting concept because Franklin is running a clinic down in down below uh, in order to help people who do not have access to regular medical care and he's doing the best he can. I mean, he's he's a doctor. This is his job. Not only is it his job, but it's something he firmly believes in. As we have discussed, uh, Franklin is very, very much in the belief of. His uh, of his oath as a doctor, his Hippocratic oath. He firmly believes in what being a doctor means, as we saw in believers, and as we saw in other uh, in in other. Uh, in other episodes, the, the, he, he's all about being a doctor. He, he, and that's actually going to become an important part of his arc, is that he's being consumed by the job. He doesn't know who he is outside of that job. And then we contrast that with a doctor who's much murdered later in her life, who's lost her license due to being addicted to stems. And uh, we we see someone who was willing to literally kill herself in order to help others because this alien machine whatever it is transfers life essences from one being to another. It was he was devised as a means of capital punishment, but she has turned that into a way to help others, to heal others. It's slowly killing her, but she was already dying anyway. So what was the point in going on without helping? and in the, in in we see that basically Laura is a reflection of Franklin in the future. That this is what Franklin wants to be. He he doesn't care about what he's getting paid he doesn't care about anything like that what he's there for is to help others no matter what um there there, there's there's a great line in season five um about that entire uh and that entire mindset of his of uh why help them why not you know um it's his job it's his duty and it's what he believes in he's an optimist at the heart of it franklin is always a idealistic optimist he never lets that optimism override rational thinking but he does firmly believe in the goodness of others and that everything will end up all right that's just who franklin is uh lord even says you know you're a bit of an idealist um but i i think that's that's what's interesting is we get we get more insights into Franklin as a character and we're starting to see how the job consumes him. That's all he thinks about. He spends all his free time in Down Below doing his job that he does normally. And when Ivanova comes to quote-unquote reprimand him, I love the fact that even she agrees with what he's doing, that uh, legally she has to reprimand him for what he's doing. But off the record, she's like, let me help. It's a great great little moment because... While she's a pessimist and they and we've gotten a lot of dramatic mileage off of them discussing their differences in perspective at the end of the day they both want to help people they just want to help people in different ways um, and the the healing device within of itself is this interesting commentary we're gonna get far more into what capital punishment uh, Means and what it in in and and how it affects particular societies in a particular season three episode called "Passing Through Gethsemane," but um, we have the entire ordeal of of uh, of capital punishment in the C plot as well. That they were talking about how to deal with this this uh, this murderer and, and how Garibaldi suspected that he's a serial killer. Turns out he was. Uh, and, you know There's only certain There's only certain uh, Charges that can get him spaced That can get him thrown out the airlock And Garibaldi You know, thinks that's probably what we should be doing With him uh, And uh, They and they have to Get him psychically evaluated by, telepath, uh, by a telepath In this case Talia To see what the case warrants And uh and we get some interesting commentary on uh, on the death of personality that that's something interesting that we get we get informed about now the death of personality jms actively stole from uh from a book written by um alfred bester alfred bester was a famous science fiction author who uh who wrote a book uh in which death of personality was a concept and that Uh, in in that concept as well as the name Alfred Bester appears in Babylon 5 of course we already got introduced to Bester and now we're introduced to Death of Personality the Death of Personality is this uh, I'm going to pull a quote from Doctor Who they're the only assassins that will kill you nicely this is in in reference to the Weak the Angels from uh, the new Doctor Who series now the thing with that is is that Death of Personality is a way to kill you nicely Ultimately, we are the sum of our memories. We are the sum of our parts. You take away our memories, we are nothing but a we are nothing but a husk, just a uh, just a body with with genetics that predispose us to certain aspects of us. But at the end of the day, it's always the nurture versus nature um, uh, question. So you eliminate. The personality that is violent or whatever, and you implant a new personality that isn't. It tries to help no matter what, um, and you can see where this can get pretty dicey in morality and pretty dicey in pretty much any circumstance. Um, I firmly believe in forgiveness, and I'm firmly against capital punishment, but. The death of personality within of itself is just as scary as strapping someone to an electric chair, in my opinion, because you're ultimately killing them. You're making a new person and making a new person out of someone, you uh, know, someone old could is potentially just as morally bankrupt as, uh, you know, as killing them, outright killing them. And granted, um, you're you're. You could say, well, I'm I'm making a personality that will help society, but are they them, or are you just forcing them to do that? Or is it the is the personality actively going to do that already, or are you predisposing it to do that? Do they have free will anymore? the The questions in results of telepathically destroying someone's personality as a form of capital punishment, the the questions that that asks is so phenomenal and so. Hard to discuss. It it raises so many questions and has very few answers. Um, But we will see the effects of the death of personality in future episodes. Uh, As I mentioned, season three passing through Gethsemane, we'll probably talk about more about the death of personality and the ethics and morality of it. Well, it is definitely a way to a form of capital punishment that is nicer than an ordinary capital punishment. It is still arguably just as morally bankrupt as outright killing the person via an electric chair or what have you um it it's just a way to kill you nicely in it's it, it's honestly scary to think about to be honest the the implications of it uh and that's what i love about bamble and and that's what i love about good science fiction is it raises questions that that are not meant to be easy there are no easy answers. It's supposed to make you question things. It's supposed to make you think. That is the purpose of science fiction. That's the purpose of good fiction in general. Um and that that is what's wonderful about Babylon vibes It honestly makes you think. It makes you question things. Um but the the alien device being a form of capital punishment, but then being twisted to become a device to be used to heal to do something good is very interesting um because he has a lot of uh has a lot of parallels to uh things go- currently going on in the series you know the um the great machine that we handled only a few episodes ago was uh you know it has immense destructive capabilities but drawl is now using it to do good um so the the it's all about how you use something um, it can be created for something. Um, but if someone takes it and uses it in a way it was never designed to and ends up doing good, isn't that great? But also there comes with the, the added possibility someone will twist it and turn it into something even worse than what it was designed for. Um, so it, it's the endless... It, it, technology and morality and ethics are questions that we constantly deal with in everyday life. Uh, and Babylon 5, while heightened, while certainly science fiction, while certainly dealing with aliens and grand, sweeping, epic stories, is ultimately about us. It's about overcoming problems and uh, beginning to understand certain issues we have. And that, is, that that is what Babylon 5 does great, is that it takes a look at us through the lens of the future. It's what makes Star Trek great and what what's makes good, just good fiction. Uh, and that's what, in, in, in the fact that Babylon 5 is not, not adverse to asking the hard questions, I think is what makes it one of the best works of science fiction I've ever seen. Now, the C plot with Talia and getting into the mind of, of the, 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 uh, the serial killer is interesting. um, I think uh, we don't spend nearly enough time on it as I would be interested in, especially considering how it, it how it overlaps with the a plot with uh, Franklin and Laura. but at the end of the day, um, it was really well handled. I think the actor, um, was phenomenal i mean he's really scary and that scene where talia gets it gets into his head and the 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 creepy line of another voice to add to the choir um it is honestly haunting it scares me and uh, i i think that that was really well done um i wish we had spent more time on it obviously we're going to be spending more time on on that kind of thing later but this is the first time we've really seen a telepath interact with a criminal case and we get some interesting facts like uh criminal telepaths are in high demand but we don't they they often burn out as a result of the stress of entering uh a criminal's mind um which we've we've seen when uh in, in uh in other episodes where getting into people's minds can be difficult can be stressing Uh, especially if they're not, you're not accustomed to them, like, uh, when, when, uh, when the one girl attempted to get into, uh, Natas' head, for instance, in, uh, in, um, in the episode, uh, written by, um, DC Fontana, um, in, in in the commentary on capital punishment is interesting though we don't we don't get enough of that like I said we'll, we'll get much more into that later in season three um the plot that I have the most fun with and I think is ultimately the best uh and also has stuff that will come back later is uh is the Londo and Lanier plot Lanier has been very uh he, he, he as we talked about he's been very stoic very very naive he's just at a temple uh, you know, he doesn't understand the way the world works. He doesn't understand the way humans work, but he's fascinated. So Lando takes him out and takes him to the Dark Star and shows him gambling, shows him, uh, you know, a, uh, you know, dancers. It, it, it takes him to a strip club, you know, that kind of thing. And just has him experience the way, uh, life the way Lando does currently. Um, it does multiple things. Uh, it it establishes Lanier slowly gr- coming out of his comfort zone like he was doing with Garibaldi's uh, motorcycle and beginning to understand other cultures um, it establishes mimbari not being able to drink alcohol it establishes uh, that that centauri uh, private parts are uh, tentacles and which Londo using one to uh, to to Cheated cards—it's just an iconic scene. How can anyone forget that? Uh, that Laniero, despite his naivete, is incredibly smart and incredibly resourceful. Uh, the 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 martial arts he pulls to uh, to fight off the, uh, the the people who start the bar fight with Lando when he's cheating with cards. Great moment, and while well, yes, the the, the 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 monk who's trained at the uh, trained at temple and actually knows how to do martial arts is a is a cliche within of its own right, um, it it's a fun cliche, and it's a and a, and it's just a lot of fun to see Lanier really come out of his comfort zone in this episode. Um, it also establishes uh, the the Mimbari philosophy of lying. They do not lie except to save another to save face. Um, mimbari are very self-sacrificial they believe in tradition uh but and then they were raised sort of in this tradition to be to to do uh honor and glory and uh and duty to others above all so uh they don't lie they refuse to lie except to save another uh so it's perfectly in line with everything we've had established with mimbaris before um, I think it's a really, really fun episode, and a really fun, uh, I think it's a really, really fun uh, plot, uh, so, sort of subplot there, and the, 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 the comedy mileage he gets out of it, not only with Lando Lanier, but of Lando mm-hmm. reactions to it are priceless, um, and just everything that goes on in that is just so much fun. Now, I'm going to go ahead and get into spoilers real quick. Um, so... Obviously, we get the introduction of the stim addiction idea, um, becoming so obsessed with your job uh, that in order to continue doing it because you believe that you're the only one that's able to do it properly, you take stimulants and you become slowly become addicted and you lose yourself in your job. You become nothing but the job. That's what, what happened to Laura, what caused her to lose her medical license. That's what's going to happen to Franklin very soon. It's going to start next season and it's going to continue on into season three and that's his ultimate arc in season three. Um, also the commentary on doing the necessary thing, but not necessarily the right thing. Um, that is not only a theme within Babylon 5 itself, but specifically to Franklin's arc, the moment uh, if you remember in season four where he releases the shadow uh, the shadow Telepath, uh, against Earth Force, he struggles with that morally because he disagrees with it, but understands it was the right thing to do. So it is the it, it, you know it was the necessary thing, but that is not always necessarily the same thing as the right thing to do. Uh, and then, of course, the Killing Device will come back. It's going to be become vitally important to several plot lines, and with of itself is a fascinating device. Um, I wish we had developed more into its backstory, but I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, because it's there to do what it needs to do, um, and it's fascinating with and of itself to, uh, to not want us to dwell on it past that. If we got more details on it, that'd be great, but they're not necessary. This is ultimately a good episode. The problem with it is is that it comes between a, a really good setup episode, uh, with a lot of interesting implications, and... A episode that's going to end the season in a wonderful, wonderful season finale, one of the best, and the season finales of the series only get better. So we sort of get sandwiched in between these two great episodes and ends up being a good episode overall. and has a lot of setup and a lot of implications towards the future, but ultimately is forgettable. So uh, I look forward to discussing Chrysalis next week. I'm super excited to get to the end of season one. I love Chrysalis. I, I at least that's my normal opinion on it I will go back through with analysis mode and see what I think of it now but I think it is one of the strongest season finales uh, so I shall see you next week bye